What's it like being a female police officer in a profession dominated by males? My next guest is going to talk about it. Former law enforcement officer, Autumn Clifford. Now, Autumn and I are going to talk about some of the challenges and solutions or how she overcame some of the problems she faced as a female officer. Autumn is amazing. One of my good friends, she's a podcaster. She's training now up and coming first responders, female first responders, and she is doing amazing work. Autumn Clifford, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the CJ Evolution Podcast. Patrick here, hosting creator. Thank you for listening. If you love the show, give us that five-star rating and review and share it with your family and friends. Also, check out our YouTube channel by the same name. Special thanks to you, the first responder, whatever you were doing, wherever you were at. Thank you for doing it. Remember this, you are honored, cherished, and above all, you are loved. Folks, if you are looking for a new career, if you are passionate about giving back to the first responder community in some capacity, FHE Health in their Shatterproof program for first responders is looking for you. We are looking to add additional team members to our ever-growing program. So if you are interested in becoming a valued member of our team, check out the link that is in the show notes, and we'd love to have you folks. We're looking for many different positions Come be a part of our FHE Health family. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to have my good friend, Autumn Clifford, back on the show. It's been a minute. And Woo-hoo! just, I don't know what the hell's going on with my with my Zoom. We were talking a little bit before we started, Autumn. I see your pretty face. Uh, uh, maybe, I don't know. I can see your pretty face. I have no idea. Maybe there's a balloon flying above me. But uh, I apologize for that. So welcome back. Um, you're amazing. You're doing so much great work with first responders uh, and the female first responder world. So for those people who don't know you, Autumn, which mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe because you're all over the place. Oh, geez. <laughs> I literally am all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> who is, I meant that in a good way. I meant, I meant, no. you know, you're, you're a big influencer and you're, you're doing so much work, but for those people out there who don't know who you are, who is Autumn? And what's a little bit about your background? 
Yeah. Well, thank you for having me back on. We've been on each other's shows over the years, I think a couple of times, which has been really fun. So um, I think it's fun to go back and listen. I I, I know your podcast is a lot like mine. I um, it, It's kind of like a blog. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go, go back and listen. And I'm not taking it down because I want people to hear. So um, definitely um, go back and listen to our episode together I think would be really fun for anybody who is interested um but my name obviously is Autumn Clifford and I have been I've been doing this I've been coaching professionally for the Mm -hmm. last um eight years I'm a speaker a podcast host um we host in-person workshops I work with retired Navy SEAL Jason Redman um oh yeah yeah, doing a lot of um, like survival trainings and stuff like that. Um, and where I come from and kind of how we met Pat and why I'm on the CJ Evolution podcast is um, I have been a police officer since I've been 20 years old, uh, 26 and a half. The half always counts. Um, I was injured. I um, I was injured in the line of duty. I don't have a good um I don't have like a cool story. wasn't doing anything interesting. I just have a back injury, but that back injury um, has changed my life. I have a herniated, torn, and degenerative disc all in my lowest back. The tear is um, almost, it was almost all the way through. It was a 50% partial tear. And that was what was scary because we didn't know what was going to happen. I wasn't a candidate for surgery. And so basically overnight, I was told you can't do patrol anymore. And, um, I felt like I lost my whole entire identity. I went through an identity crisis, a deep depression. I was couch ridden for six months while I was trying to heal because every time I would stand, um, or sit for long periods, my bottom half would go numb. My entire legs, uh, would go numb. And so, as you can imagine, made it pretty hard to do much. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was at that point that I started, um, you know, after a six month deep depression and anxiety stricken state. Um, I started a coaching business. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my training, education, and experience, apply it to help people. Mm-hmm. And um, here I am today doing right. the thing, still still helping the people. Um, and yeah. Amazing. Would you change anything? Well, I'm glad you're better now. And you served, you know, honorably as a, a police officer. You don't have to have a cool story of, uh, in my opinion, well, I got, you know, I was chasing down a suspect and all you know, you serve Autumn. And so I thank you for your service. Do you, if you could change anything, would you change anything? Would you, you know, if you could go back and say, all right, you know, just, you know, make things happen and say, all right, I, I don't have this injury. Would you change anything? Or are you glad things happen the way they did? You know, I think I'm glad for the most part of the way that things happened. Um, I, I mean, obviously I don't want this injury because it's still like, mm-hmm. I'm actually like, just I'm still working with I still work with a chiropractor very consistently and I actually just I'm working with a fitness coach but then I just hired um, this fitness coach's spouse who actually trains special operators um, who get injured so he works with like you know seals and special ops guys that get injured and he heals them in a very short amount of time I just started working with him because I'm like I'm sick and tired of everything I do, my back is killing me and it's preventing me from doing all these things. So, um, I wish that part didn't happen because I, um, you know, I'm, I'm a second degree black belt. I've been studying the martial arts since I've been five years old, but since my back injury, I've tried to get back into it, but these big motherfuckers like kill me, (laughs) like 
They do. Whereas like I was used to, you know, grappling with them and kickboxing with them and getting my head like literally kicked in by them and it was fine. Like I, I was good, but now I can't do that. And that um really messes with me a little bit. Um But there's but been yeah. you probably hear it, Autumn. I mean, you see it too. There there is remarkable stories out there. Uh, of recovery from injuries and you know i don't have to tell you but for the listener i mean a, a lot of it i believe is 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 mindset i mean you have to uh well i, I think the mind we all know the mind is very powerful yes and i i think the mind can come overcome uh just about anything i mean look at jason redmond you 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 name him uh -huh. obviously devastating injuries when he was uh uh, on the battlefield uh, over in Afghanistan. I can't remember. It was Afghanistan. I uh, got shot up. And I remember him telling me, and he's probably told you, I mean, it's the loss of his arm, obviously his face, but it's yeah. that will to, to heal your body. And, 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 you know, a little, you got to put in the work like, you know, oh, wow. but, mm -hmm. um, but uh, everything I, starts in your mind. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And, and another thing you have youth on, on your side, which always helps, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, so, yeah, I hope that gets better. You know, I hope it does. It will. Um, Thank you. It, it and, will. And, and I see you, uh, your, you know, your reels and all that stuff where you're, you're working out, you're doing such amazing work, keeping in shape. So hope it gets better. Sorry, sorry, you're still in pain. Thank you. Yeah. So as far as to go back to that, yeah, I mean, what I, I would like to change that aspect, but here's the thing is, um, I didn't get into law enforcement for, I would say like, um, I'm not going to like say typical reasons. I don't know. I, I got into law enforcement to um, really become a role model. Uh, when yeah. I was younger, I didn't really have a solid role model that I felt cared about me genuinely. And um, as far as an older, stronger woman who I, I could relate to, you know, cause I grew up, I was a tomboy and um, proud of it. Right. But like, when <laughs> you know, playing with my cousins, playing football on tar, like, you know, just not right in the head, but you did it. You know, we all did it back then. I don't know. We did that. That's what I did is I, I hung out with the boys all of the time, grew up with them in martial arts, getting the shit kicked out of me. Like, mm -hmm. like that's what I grew up doing. And so I just always knew like, okay, like I am, I'm not like a, to me, I'm like, I'm not like this feminine, normal girl. Like I was not, I just wasn't, <laughs> you know? And if you, and if you see, if you see my body, like I'm, I am not little, I am, I'm, I am built. My mom calls me, you know, solid. Yeah. You're just solid. That's what she'll say. And I, and I am. And so, you know, that coupled with my martial arts career, I said, you know, I need to do something. My, my sensei was a police officer. An uncle that I loved was a police officer. I, I always thought I wanted to be one. I was too scared to be one, but anyways, after like long story short college, thinking I wanted to be an attorney working with judges and actually a judge liked me, took me under her wing and actually wrote me up a letter to get me into law school. And I was like, and I interviewed several judges and like, I was going to go down that like route. And, yeah. um, and then I sat down with a, um, drug enforcement guy and fell in love with what he did. I'm like, no, this is what I actually want to do. Yeah. And, and anyways, so I become a police officer, but I, I really became one because I really wanted to serve women young yeah. girls i wanted to be there i mean that's not a typical reason to get into law enforcement okay so like it's not that i didn't do my job of course i did my job and and i would like to say i did it well and but i wasn't there to just 
arrest everybody. Yeah. And- yeah. Well, there's more to law enforcement than just and anybody, you know, well, I shouldn't say everybody knows that, but you're exactly right. There's more to law enforcement than driving hundred miles an hour, kicking in doors, arresting bad guys. Uh, that's a very small percentage of it. A lot of it, as you know, Autumn is coaching, mentoring, inspiring the younger generation. How difficult was it as a female law enforcement officer? I mean, can you, can you speak to some of that? I mean, how, I mean, obviously you're in a male dominated profession, you know, it's, it's been like that. I think it'll always be like that. Um, how, how, can you, can you talk about if you, if you're willing to talk about some of the challenges you faced being a female police officer uh, in an agency and yeah. how you overcame them? Well, so that's, so I, okay. So I focus a lot of my time now on women who want to get into the law enforcement career. And, and, you know, my offering really is about creating self-reliant independent women. Okay. So I want everybody to know that I've had the opportunity for the last, you know, eight years, I've coached hundreds of women in law enforcement, um, and as well as in other first responding capacities, and the stories are kind of very much the same as mine. I, mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I don't, there's not really much differing across the country. It's pretty much the same. Now, listen, I'm going to say this. There are agencies that are um, up with the times. They're very fair. They treat their women great. And there is not um, a, like a severe amount of sexism going on. But I, I can tell you that there still are a lot of agencies where oh, yeah. there is. Okay. I also would like to say that in the same breath, I didn't ever want to be treated different than a man, wanted to be treated exactly the same as my counterparts. When I was taking my PT tests, um, especially in the academy, when I started really to understand, like my first PT PT test that you take for like entry, I think everybody's like, just make sure I hit the fucking minimum. Like I just need to pass. Right. So but once I started actually training with the guys and really starting to understand, like, wait a minute, this is so much more than a PT test. This is how I'm being judged by the counterparts who know that, like, I am going to have their back. Like, I'm going to be working alongside them. So it was at that point, every PT test I took in the academy, it wasn't about hitting, like, the female standards. It was like, no, like, I'm going to hit the male standards. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that I'm with them. And I think, I think, Pat, like, I want to say this is like, I think it's important for us as women to want to be on the same playing field. A lot of us do. Do we get treated that way? No, Um, we are judged. Um, But here's another thing. Like, it's not just women. Like the culture of law enforcement, choose its own, choose choose each other up, spit each other out. We eat our own, men or women. I will say that I do think that we are harder on women uh, hands down. Um, in some instances, I understand it because I was very hard on myself and I was hard on other women, but I'm going to tell you right now, there was a lot of male cops that I would not want to go into a fight with. And I would take my Mm -hmm. female, my female FTO, I'm gonna tell you right now, she, at the time that she was training me, she had 16 years on the road. She worked, she was a cop out in Michigan. And then she came and became a cop in Maine. I would fucking take her to this day. I would take her into a fight over a lot of the male counterparts. Um, and, and that had nothing to do with her sex. It had everything to do with her heart, like how her she ability. Yeah. Oh fuck. I mean, just right. So I, I think, you know, I think we, we get judged, um, 
pretextually a lot. I, I think that um, people really think that we are um, weak. We're the weaker sex. And I think, I mean, if we're going to talk about like <laughs> strength, okay, yeah, we are the weaker sex when it comes to upper body strength. Have you checked out what a woman could do with her lower body? Because it smokes <laughs> men. Like, you know, I'm not getting sexual. I'm talking about- No, like, you're exactly right. Well, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I just asked because there's, you know, there's a recent case and I'm sure you've heard of it, Autumn. I, I think it's in Laverne, Tennessee, where there oh, was yeah. a, there was a big, huge- um, you know, a lot of officers were implicated as, as I think it was centered around one female officer who, who was involved in, you know, some, uh, sex capades or whatever you want to call it. And there's a big shakeup down there. And I, 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 I could see that happening where in, and I agree with you cultures, some cultures are better than, than others in organizations, but I, but I think, you know, that's, it starts with the leadership, you know, and, and it starts with the tone that is set in the organization. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I look at these, some of these stories, uh, you know, in uh, like this one, well, I, I wanna, just mentioned, well, and, I go ahead, go ahead. About that because um, so one of the things that I do is I go and I've been going across the country um, hosting what's called my company is called she's an asset mm -hmm. and it's um, a mindset emotional resiliency and self-leadership course for specifically for women and I've been teaching it across the country at police departments the last one that I just taught I actually put Megan Hall in my in my um, slideshow and I'm going to just say this. It is very triggering. The conversation that I have with these women is very triggering for a lot of women. And I'm going to say this back when I was on the road, I would have felt the same way as them. Why is it okay that she is sleeping around to get to where she wants to go? But I never did that. And, and, and so like, she makes me look bad, quote unquote. That is what a lot of these women are saying. Here's what I would like to say. Now that I'm the coach that I've been for the last eight years, I'm out, you know, I'm still a part-time police officer, but that is literally just to keep my credentials. I run a community policing program and I just run their social media. I'm not on the road. I'm not on patrol. So I'm really out of the culture, right? Like the, the only in I'm in as far as is coaching my clients. So I'm not doing the day to day. And I brought this up and I said, okay, we're going to talk about her. And here's how I feel about this. I don't know her. I don't know the situation. But I have been on the other side of this shit. And a lot of women have. Don't kid yourselves. A lot of women in law enforcement have been on the other side. Whether they know it or not is the key. They mm -hmm. might not know it. That they've been the butt of several friggin' jokes amongst the guys. Whether it's interdepartmental or it's just around the area. You know, oh, she's a female. She's fucked. You know. Who, she she seems to be close with her sergeant so she's fucking him and she's mm -hmm. on her knees and she's this and she's that and the fucking poor woman probably is none of it yeah. but that's that, right so i i bring it up and i said to the girls i said okay let's talk about this if she actually did sleep with five men at her department okay let's talk about it could it be that she was a trying to fucking fit in trying to find her place okay she obviously has holes in her right so um i get into this whole spiel and my trainings power i talk about how we try to fill our holes like we, we, we like fill our holes with people or um substances or out just outside yeah yeah you know things instead of internally trying to fill ourselves up so she obviously had some holes that she was trying to fill 
And so why can't we look at her and be like, shit, like, girl, like, let's support her instead of like cut her down. And then, and then, and then it's like, well, she makes us look bad. Wait a minute. Time out. Does she make us look bad or is our culture making us look bad? Because how many men do we know? I know. I know men that will go right through a fucking nurse's unit. One cop will fuck at least five nurses and on a floor and it's no problem. We're going to give him a pat Absolutely. on the yeah, ass. Yeah. The men that sleep with women, um, female cops will sleep with all three at the agency or whatever. And they get a whew, Johnny. He's a stud. Mm-hmm. You know, how was that? Whatever. No problem. But, oh, we have a woman who's d- doing it. And so now she is all of these things. So is it like we need to be asking ourselves these things? Is she making us look bad or is the culture? I, all- agree. I agree. I think it's, you know, it's it's definitely the culture and being a, being a man, I can I can say that. And I agree with you. So, you know, if you know, again, it goes back to what we were talking about. Every every culture, every agency is different. But if she thought that this was the only way to to get ahead, or this was the only way to advance, and it takes two autumn too. So, I mean, I, I'm not condoning what she did, but there's there's guys involved in this. So, where is their culpability? Where is their accountability? It's just I not just, all on this woman, you know. I just can't even fathom that it made like front page newspaper. I mean, this, it's just, that's the culture though. That's, that is the issue because if a guy did this, this wouldn't even be in the newspapers. Cause it happens all the time. It yeah. happens all the time. And well, I just want to say this. Do we actually think she was sleeping to get ahead? I don't think she was sleeping with anybody to get ahead. I think she, if she was actually sleeping with these men and it was consensual, which we don't know. And I don't care what anybody says. You have no yeah, idea. Yeah, we have no idea. I mean, being in that situation where you can get pressured, you can get hazed, you can get, you Absolutely. know, I mean, there, there's all kinds of scenarios that are coming, you know, that, I, that I've read that, you know, she was being sexually harassed and she was being forced, literally, she was being threatened, not physically, but, you know, kind of coerced. You do this or, or this is not going to happen. So what... Again, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not condoning it, but it's just like, where is the accountability for the people that maybe have caused this? Yeah, that's the, that's the problem in the culture. And here's the thing is people think that this is one scenario. This is not one scenario. This happens all the time. I, I know it because I have, I have the women that show up and they're like, you're never going to believe what happened to me. You know, I was, you know, coerced to do this or I, you know, I didn't do it and I got fired or I didn't do it. And well, now I'm. And, and, and however this plays out, I mean, it's just this, this woman now is, it, it, she, she is going to be receive and she already has so much shit from, from now until whenever, you know what I mean? It's just like, how do you recover from this? You know, I mean, in an in era of, you know, information, obviously, at our fingertips and, you know, her, her career in law enforcement's probably done, probably. Uh, and but, it, but you know what? Maybe, maybe until there's she finds a solid female chief yeah. who's a solid leader. Because I'll tell point. you right now, I take her. You come right mm-hmm. with me. And, and if you actually do, if you are actually causing these issues, I'm going to help you. So that you fill your own holes, like you know. And what yeah, I mean exactly. by that, people think like, like take, take that sexually. That's not what I mean. No, I, I need the emptiness or whatever. You know? you want to call <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> like the holes in your body, in your soul. Like, yeah, exactly. Let's let's teach you how to fill those 
the emptiness. I exactly. agree. I mean, I think some people and, and maybe not everybody, but in this particular case, and again, I don't know all the ins and outs, but she can be salvaged and she can, you know, I, maybe that's not a good word, but you know, like you said, I mean, you get with a strong female um, chief or, or DC or whatever deputy chief in, Mm -hmm. She gets, you know, some good, solid mentorship and, you know, inspiration and taken under somebody's wing. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. I and um, I'm happy to explain, tell you my story. So when I was 20 years old, I had been on the road for three months, not on the road. I was just on the job because at that time I was working in court security and, and they, I got hired as a court security officer. So I, my job was to protect the judges and do some um, screen um, screening for court security. And then, um, they liked me and they hired me to also do, um, transport. So I was working in and out of correctional facilities, transporting deputy, uh, transporting inmates. It was very, very dangerous. I was not trained. Um, and they would put me with like 10 inmates to myself, this little 20 year old girl who has no training, had never been to the Academy, nothing. Um, what saved me is I think, my personality. Like I just got to know these inmates and the majority of them, not all, but the majority of them weren't bad people. They just fucked yeah. up. Like they yeah. just got OUI. And like, they would start looking out for me. Like they would be like, you know, no one's going to talk shit to you. And like, they would, they got, they started getting really protective of me. And like, they just kind of the pack, like it just, it was good, but thank God, Pat, because can you imagine a 20 year old, little girl with 10 inmates in a van transporting them across the fucking state all by themselves the yeah. can, all the things that can go wrong yeah and, and that's my job well, but yeah go ahead no no go I, I i was just gonna say well a lot of that is you know obviously you're a good communicator you got a great personality you know how to build those you know those connections and relationships uh, which is testament to how you were raised and and all that stuff. But I, anyway, I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no. And so um, I got mixed up. So there was a deputy who I worked with who was my senior, and <clears throat> I thought that he was taking me under his wing to help me. Um, that's what it appeared to be. He happened to be a quote unquote minister. He was married, had two beautiful children. His wife worked in the courthouse. <clears throat> and um, we ended up having to go, I had to go do an extradition, which was going across states. We had to fly down to Florida and we had to, um, and we had to go get a female prisoner. During that time, um, one thing led to another and I ended up sleeping with him. And I was 20 years old. This man was 36. Again, married, two kids, mm -hmm. senior officer. I have three months on the road, at, uh, not on the road, but on the job. And, um, I was made out to be a fucking homewrecker, all of these things. I mean, the, the, the reputation, my reputation was completely trashed. Now, let me just tell you what ended up happening to him. He goes, tells his wife that he's in love with me. I did see him, um, a couple more times because I didn't, you know, oh my God, this guy's in love with me. I'm 20. I'm like, oh my God, is this true? Is this real? Like, should, what should I be doing? And then, you know, the whole like stick with me and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you with your career. And I'm like, oh fuck. Like, you know, all these things yeah, going yeah. on. I take full, my 50%, I take full responsibility of everything I did, but he ends up divorcing his wife, 
get um you know him and i stopped talking after like a month two months like we just whatever he goes and gets with a correctional officer beats the shit out of her gets fucking arrested gets fired from this place gets hired at an like a local podunk police department gets with another woman beats the shit out of her and now he's decertified and so like he but but during the time pat i was this homewrecker i was a slut i was i was all these things nobody was like wait a minute she's 20 years old yeah like what could he have put in her head and i had to and and listen i i had senior men coming to me being like hey listen you may want to move (laughs) and move two hours south and start the job down there i have connections i'll help you because your reputation is like you're gonna have a hard time building it and i said you know what no i'm gonna put my head down and i'm going to rebuild and this is what happened i did that i worked with Mm -hmm. very very senior veteran officers i'm talking guys like retired that came back and i worked with 50 and 60 year old men who really taught me about police work i think every young officer should go and get fto'd by these guys they really taught me like guys you probably worked with pat like just like loyalty you know having each other's backs we don't stab each other in the back like we have each other's back like right so like i got trained by them i ended up rebuilding my reputation based solely off of my work to the point where a neighboring agency the major gave me a chance and him and i he pulled me aside he said listen i've heard what happened i don't know what the truth is and that's really none of my business i just want to know are we going to have problems here? Do you think like, what do you think? And I said, no, we're not going to have any problems. I'm going to do yeah. my job. That's yeah. it. If the men give me shit, I will talk to you about it. Uh, you will be the first one to know. And he said, okay, that sounds good. If any of my guys give you shit, please come to me. But like, we're good. And I'm like, no, we're good. And you know what, Pat, he gave me a chance. Yeah. And that was a solid leader. And when I left that agency to move two hours south to be with my husband, he told me I'd always have a job, Like you yeah. come back anytime. Right. So I just want to say there are leaders out there that give opportunities. It's just few and far between. Yeah. And, and, and I admire you Autumn, because you, you don't, you're not like making fucking excuses and saying, well, you know, you, you took responsibility for it, which some oh, people yeah. do and some people don't. And here's the thing. You know, when it comes to talking shit about people, you know, people in glass houses shouldn't, throw stones you've heard that before we all have shit in our past we all have stuff in our past some we're not too proud of i know i do and (laughs) you know we were talking about this before we started you know about supporting each other uh, in law enforcement you see a lot i know you've dealt with this um you know where people are like talking crap and they're like i i just i just don't get it you know i i if you have an opinion, you don't need to voice it on social media or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I just don't get it. We should we need to do a better job, you said earlier, of supporting each other in law enforcement. We all have shit. Yep. We all have crap. If you think you're you're, you know, beyond reproach and you oh I you know, I'm yeah. no bullshit. Mm-hmm. You got shit in your background too. Yep. I just think to your point, and I know because I saw it in my agencies that I work for, women sometimes are treated a little bit differently. You know, oh, you know, well, she had it coming. You know, she was the one flirting with me. And no bullshit. It takes two. It takes two. I think we have to, 
We really have to remember that. It takes two. But again, we are living in a culture that is male dominated and it's easier to blame. It's easier to blame. It's easier not to take responsibility. I mean, whatever, you know, and that's why, and that's why my big push, it's why I do what I do is like, you know, I I can't change the culture, but I can help these women become self-reliant and confident in themselves. So when this shit does happen, because it's going to, you know, and when it does, it doesn't, it doesn't take you out. That's, that's the whole thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for those listeners out there, you need to follow Autumn. Uh, She's amazing. And I see your testimonials, Autumn, because you're not just, you you know, you're not just out there getting a speech. I mean, you really motivate and inspire the females that are in your workshops and you're speaking to, because I see your testimonials. I see you posting, look, the, you know, you changed my life, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you are actually one of those people out there that actually, you know, not only talks to talk, but walks a walk. You're, you're providing such a valuable service to young women out there uh, in a dominated male <laughs> profession. And I think we need more people like you out there and, and fuck the haters. Well, fuck and, and like, let's talk about that real quick. So even that has followed me. So um, but I, I do, I talk about haters in my, in my, um, training. She's an asset because it's important. Okay. My haters taught me, they gave me, they taught me so much and they don't even know it. So like, thank you. Because in 2022 was one of the hardest times in my life as far as professionally, because, um, I started working with, um, a really cool, um, training company for law enforcement and, and we had great success together. There was n- nothing wrong. Um, it's just that we looked at business a little bit different. And I'm not a police officer who, like the whole company is police officers and the majority of them. And so it, it wasn't a great fit. I'm a coach. Here's the deal. Autumn was not clear on that. Autumn was still like, you know, I I was, you know, I, I built a brand called Officer Autumn. I didn't look at it as like, I'm still autumn. I was looking at officer autumn, like to help women and and to help like officer autumn was like this, this brand, but that wasn't what it looked like. And that's fine. Okay. But, but the way that it it got presented to me was um, pretty much, it felt like the entire internet in law enforcement blew up on me. Um, A lot of people were jealous of what I was doing with this company and they just came at me but all year long they would call me a fraud they would say like they'll they'll pick apart my uh, my teeth they'll pick apart my looks they'll pick apart um they say that um the what i charge money for should be free um that i don't know anything i don't know what i'm talking about that i was never a cop i've heard that i've heard that i all i ever was was an auxiliary cop but i don't even know what an auxiliary cop is we don't have those (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I've heard that I've been a just a security officer. Well, I've never worked security, like court security, but I was a deputy. So yeah, yeah. like, I don't, I don't really know, but I, I've heard all of these things about myself. Some of it, some of it is kind of true, just taken out of context. I've heard that, you know, um, some things. So we have, we do have people that are clearly close to me that are, or who worked with me, right. Who know some of my story, um, but take it all out of context to make me look obviously awful. We have people out there doing that. And what, and here's what I want to tell people is 
like, and I'm not talking three, four, five, ten people. I'm talking 50, 60, 70. I remember you telling me about this, you know, people, and I, and we're talking influencers in whatever that means, but people with large following counts, whether it's real or whether it's not. I mean, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're really talking like people. Like this is not just bullshit. Some of it's made up, but some of it's actual people, and and they just shit all over me and I'll never forget the day that Jason Redman announced that I was one of his coaches it the the, the internet blew up on his post like, like and he but you know what he said okay he said okay I'm gonna do a background check on her please dm me everything you know and send me your resume because he needs to know who the fuck he's talking to do you know not one of those haters dm'd him and of said, course not Here's my resume and here's everything you need to know about her. But you know what he did? He did such an extensive background check on me. He talked to former chiefs, former bosses, my former patrol partner. He talked to clients. My clients were reaching out to him. Not even with, I didn't even ask them to, they're reaching out to him and they're like, listen, I've been coaching with her for years. Let me tell you who she really is. Here's my resume. Here's my number. Fucking call me. He does because he's like, no, like I'm going to do my due diligence it was all of it was unfounded except the story i just talked to you about yeah that yeah right but what i'm trying to say is this i had a choice was i gonna allow it to take me out or was i gonna learn from it pat and i think i think we have to also hold space for learning from what our detractors are saying because what they said they weren't wrong officer autumn you're not you know you're a fraud what they meant what they were trying to say is well you're not a full-time cop anymore why are you using officer autumn fair gives a fuck right right but they've only made me better yeah that they've only made me better but i'm not gonna i will tell i've told you personally it was the hardest year of my life i know 2022 i was for six months i didn't even work i couldn't because every time i looked on social media i mean it was all memes about me there's podcasts these fucking podcasts about me these big meme pages coming after me why because can they really deal with a strong woman saying what nobody else is well, saying that, that's 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 the thing you know i i look at like you who who's popular doing great things you know when people are attacking you i think you're on the right path you know when, when and i know you are because I've known you for a long time, when, when people, they're jealous, whatever the fucking reason is, if you are striking a nerve and people are attacking you, keep charging and going forward and keep doing what you're doing. Again, for a variety of reasons. And it really stuck out to me, Autumn, and what you just said is not one of those fucking people, you know, when, when Redman was doing his background check, came forward and saying, you know... It, and I think I love about you is that you're like, yeah, some of it's some of it's true is just taken out of context. But when you are successful, like you are, and you're very influential, and people are attacking you, if you're if people aren't attacking you, you're doing something wrong because you're striking a nerve. You're dealing with their insecurities. You, they're like, oh well, fuck. Why can she do this? You know, and right. it's just fuck them. Who cares? But I know I think- when you're going through that, it's very, very, very tough. And I think that's the equivalent of what a lot of women in law enforcement go through. I just went through it. I have also went through it on the job. You know, I could tell you guys stories. I could talk about how, like, one of the stories that stands out to me is the sergeant, who I was actually really close with, like, and and I got accused of sleeping with him, although I'm going to tell you right now, 
that never happened not even close we weren't we weren't we only saw each other at work and we were nothing but professional but he we had a mutual understanding i led his shift in numbers so admin would you know i i kept it so admin wasn't up his ass and you know what in on he just was never up my ass we had a mutual understanding and i and i don't this is this is public. I had a very hard time on the overnights. Come 3 a.m., you can ask anybody who worked with me. It didn't matter. I had a hard time staying up. And, you know, unless we were busy. If we were busy, that's fine. But when we weren't busy, I had a hard time. From 3 to 5 was a really hard time for me. So he always just said, just go to the go to the PD. Like, I don't want you sleeping in your fucking car. I don't want you, like, driving around. I'm going to crash into a tree. Just go to the PD work on a report. If you happen to like take a little nap, whatever, but I know you're at the PD. And some of the guys took that. I mean, I was right in the patrol room. I was not in any place. Yeah. They took it and ran with it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I mean, I remember good on this, but I remember one of my partners like going car to car with me and being like, Hey, do you, do you and this like Sergeant, like everyone's talking that like you guys have a thing. And I'm like, of course, everyone's talking. No, we don't have a thing. He's like, "I I didn't think so, but I just wanted to talk to you about it. But the point I was getting at is he, he, we're in briefing one night and he, I was eating a raw egg. Now let's just be honest. They don't smell good. Right. <laughs> and I, and I'm the whole shift is there and he comes in and he goes, Jesus Christ, Clifford, close your legs. Oh, and, and wow. Once he said it, he was like, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. And I felt like I could, I felt so betrayed. I was like, wait a minute. Like what? Like what? Like that just came out of your mouth. And like, and, and we're all kind of That's laughing horrible. that, that awkward, like, yeah. ah, I can't believe you just said that. And I'm like, and I'm looking at my other partner, who's like a 50 year old guy and his eyes, he's like, he's doing that awkward laugh too. Looking at me like, holy fuck. I can't believe you just said that. Like we're all. And the thing is, Pat, is that is what would, that is what a lot of women would deal with all of the time, all of the time, shit, just like that. And it just, I didn't do anything to deserve that. It was just, and, and and I'm going to say like, I don't think he meant anything by it. I think he was trying to just bust my balls really, truly. Yeah, but there, you you know, your audience and know that you're in there and, and. You know, but that was like, yeah, that was offensive, right? That's yeah, <laughs> like, a very, very offensive. And now, because there was already talk about something possibly going mm-hmm. on with you and this guy. And then, <laughs> you know, when you say something stupid like that, then it just kind of, you know, it gets more people talking even more. Right. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's ridiculous. So for, for the, as we wrap up on them, I know you got a jet. I mean, for, for the young women out there or the women in general and who want to get into the first responder field, i.e., let's talk about law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice, I'm sure you get this all the time. What advice do you give women who want to step into law enforcement? What with some words of wisdom from my friend Autumn Clifford? Well, the first thing is is that you can do it. Even, even if people around you tell you, you can't, you can do it, but you better want it for the right reasons. Absolutely. And, and, and that's really goes for men too. Like, I mean, you've, this job has completely changed even since I've been out, you know, I, and, and you too, and it's different today and it's hard. It's harder than now than it's ever been. And you, if you want this job, then you better want it for all the right reasons. That's really, that's it. Yeah. 
And Autumn, for the listener out there, she goes into detail. Please follow her. Uh, Deets will be in the show notes. But Autumn, you talk about this. You talk about like the hiring process. You talk about oral boards. You talk about all the obstacles that you're going to have to face and hopefully overcome before you get a cop because you've been there. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Autumn Clifford, how can people find you, my friend? Yeah. So I mean, um, since you're all over the fucking internet. I don't know if I'm all in a good way. (laughs) You got like a billion followers on Instagram. No, I don't. I don't. (laughs) Um, so you can find me at the Autumn Clifford on Instagram, and then it's at Autumn Clifford um on all of the socials. And I have a podcast that is designed specifically for uh women. Um, and it's called She's an Asset. Autumn Clifford, you are amazing. You are a good friend of mine. I will always support you. Keep up the fantastic work and you are always welcome back. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye.